I get asked a lot of questions in this line of work. When I'm in line at Starbucks and wearing my collar, I get asked what church I'm at or whether I'm a real pastor. <laughs> when I'm talking with friends, I get asked about what I do in a given day or how I can possibly sit with people as they're dying. And when I meet in small groups or one-on-one -on -one with Christians, whether they're folks who have been in church for five minutes or all the years of their lives, I mostly get asked about prayer. What is prayer? Why should I pray? Why isn't God answering me? Do I have to be faithful enough for prayer to work? Does it help if multiple people are praying the same prayer? Can I pray for myself? And so on and so on. These questions normally coming in rapid succession are said in low tones, as if the asker is ashamed of ever having had these questions or doubts. But out of the range of topics the church discusses, some of the worst theology I've ever heard was around the topic of prayer. It is no surprise that the disciples are looking for those magic words that God will always answer. In our culture, people are told that God will give you whatever you want if you just ask God persistently, or with enough faith, or with enough people on the prayer chain, or enough likes on Facebook. And that can be a misreading of this gospel lesson today. But God is not a genie. God does not wait around for you to crowdsource enough folks to pray your certain prayer before he grants your wish. God does not require the asker to have a minimum level of faith. God is not waiting for you to use magic words in order to give you everything your heart desires. I was in a Christian formation class one time at a parish when we covered this gospel. It was a lay-led lectionary discussion. So we would read the lessons we were going to hear at church that day and then discuss them over coffee. One lady, who was also always very open about her opinion of God, looked at us after this gospel and said, I just don't believe this, and I don't pray anymore. When my father was sick, I knelt at the communion rail to receive, and I prayed that God would heal him. As I waited for the priest to bring the bread, I prayed so hard that my father would be healed and a single ray of sunshine fell on me as I waited. I knew God heard me. I knew God was going to heal my dad. I left the altar rail with such a sense of peace. And then my dad died later that week, and I was crushed. I knocked, and the door was not opened. Every time I get asked about prayer, I think about this conversation. It broke my heart at the time, and it still breaks my heart today. This woman had given up on praying because she expected that God would answer her prayer as specifically stated. She asked for physical healing for her father, and she felt as though God had let her down. What then is the point of prayer? Prayer serves a multitude of purposes. As we've discussed before, prayer is the way we communicate with God. Relationships are built upon communication, and our relationship with God is no exception. It doesn't need to be formal or liturgical prayer. 
So often the best conversation we can have with God is just to say hello and check in. One of the things I love about happening is that I am not often called on to pray. When prayer is needed, the teenagers are quick to volunteer, and they all start off their prayer the same way. Hey, God. It's informal. It's the way you'd start a conversation at home with your mom or the way you'd text your boyfriend or girlfriend. These kids have learned to pray in a room full of people by taking the pressure off of themselves to have the perfect words. They talk to God as a father or as a friend. The prayers are brief, they're simple, and they're holy. Praying doesn't have to be complicated, it's just chatting with God. Praying also enables us to be God's workers in the world. So often when we pray, we're asking God to do something. God, please help this person. God, please unite the church. God, please keep so-and-so safe. But God doesn't often come down in a blaze of glory to fix the situation. Instead, he tends to use us as his hands in the world. How many times have you prayed for help or guidance or a blessing? And then found the answer to your prayers and a person God has sent your way. How many times have you prayed the same prayer and then had the brilliant idea to approach the problem in a new way? God does work miracles. But God more often will inspire our hearts and our minds to work his miracles in the world. Through prayer, we are opening ourselves up to God's will. Through prayer, we are making ourselves available to do the work of God in the world. We're also opening up ourselves to the work of the Spirit. We're inviting the Spirit to really work on us, to increase His fruits in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we don't pray, when we don't take that time with God, we can find that we are more short-tempered, impatient, or less than charitable to ourselves and to our fellow man. When we pray, we open up our hearts to be changed. We can feel an overwhelming sense of peace. We can feel a closer connection to God and a closer connection to our neighbor and to nature. Prayer also has a way of reminding us to keep the main thing the main thing. One of the things I've missed most about seminary life was our 8 a.m. morning prayer service. Every day started with the worship of God. Every day began with us asking the Lord to open our lips so our mouths could proclaim his praise. No matter what else was scheduled that day, exams, sermons, papers, we remembered that God and our relationship with him was more important than any of the work product we would create that day. Prayer shouldn't be hard. And I think that surprises the disciples as much as it surprises us today. When the disciples ask Jesus how to pray, I don't think they're expecting exact words. They may be expect expecting a certain practice or an area they have to go to. But I think Jesus surprises all of us when he tells them to keep it simple. Worship God. Pray that his kingdom become reality. And then pray for yourself and for your community, for nourishment, for forgiveness, and for mercy. 
These words don't guarantee that God will answer our prayers exactly as submitted. God, the example of a perfect father, will not give us exactly what we asked for, but rather exactly what we need. Sometimes when we pray for healing, people are granted ultimate healing through death of their physical body and reconciliation with God. Sometimes when we pray for work, we are given the opportunity to search our heart for God's call on our life. Sometimes when we pray that the cup may pass from our lips, we are still forced to drink. And sometimes when we pray, God's answer is yes. And sometimes it's not yet. And sometimes God tells us no. But that's not because of how we pray, or judgment of our faith, or because we pray for ourselves entirely too much. It's because we pray everything with the understanding that God's will, and not ours, will be done. God hears us. God weeps with us. God laughs with us. God loves us. And God answers us even when we don't hear a thing. Brothers and sisters, if you ever wanted to do something to completely transform your life, I urge you to start praying. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be less than five minutes a day. It doesn't have to be formal. Chat with God. Say, hey God, in the morning. Turn off the stereo in your car on your way to work. Spend some quiet time with God while washing dishes. Instead of posting every thought you have to Twitter, speak it to God. Start getting to know your maker, the lover of your soul, the author of your salvation. And watch yourself become a new creation.